Welcome, my name is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and we thank you for taking some time to listen to some audio recordings from the pulpit of the Riverview Baptist Church. Our desire is to show the Lord high, holy, and lifted up, as well as try to be a blessing to those through the Word of God. Please enjoy this message, and we pray that it will be a blessing to your life. And if you wouldn't mind, take your copy of the Word of God and turn with me to the New Testament or the Old Testament book of Ruth. The Old Testament book of Ruth and Ruth in chapter number one. We're continuing with our series of the lineage of Jesus Christ that we're tracing each generation of Jesus Christ from Adam all the way up to the Lord Jesus Christ. And remember that we've already started with Adam himself. Adam had a son that carried the lineage of Seth, and we saw Seth's lineage in Genesis chapter number 5. We saw that the lineage continued through Noah, and we saw that what God did with Noah, that God found grace in God's sight. And we saw that lineage continue to be traced through Noah's son, Seth. And we saw that lineage be traced through Genesis chapter number 10. Well, in that lineage, we come to uh, Terah, Abraham's father. Then we come to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jacob had 12 sons, but only one of those sons carried on this special lineage of Jesus Christ, and that was Judah. And Judah had a son by the name of Perez. And we saw that lineage continue as they went to Egypt, was placed in bondage, led out of the Egyptian bondage into the promised land. And we witnessed as some of these people began to settle into the, uh, the promised land area. We had taken a pit stop on the last time that we met, and we were introduced to a woman who was in a very bad, very vile and sinful um, occupation by the name of Rahab. But we watched as Rahab, because of her faith, turn from a very awful situation to, to be turned into one of the most honored women inside of the word of God. And it was because of her faith and the behavior of her faith. And we saw that Rahab had got actually married into the family and that she was listed as part of the lineage of the Lord Jesus Christ. Well, this morning we're going to hit another woman who was not a Hebrew, was not a Jewish person, and had come from a Gentile land that once again, because of her faith, that God also places inside of the lineage of Jesus Christ. And we find her introduced into the book of Ruth and chapter number one. The book of Ruth in chapter number one. And if you don't mind, let's start in Ruth chapter one and let's look starting at verse one. Ruth chapter 1 and verse 1. Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land. And a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. And the name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife Naomi, and the name of his sons was Malon and Kilian, Ephurites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they came into the country of Moab and continued there. And Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died. And she was left and her two sons. And they took of them wives of the women of Moab. And the name of one was Orpha and the name of the other was Ruth. And they dwelt there about ten years. And Malon and Kilian died also both of them. And the woman was left with her two sons and her 
left of her two sons and her husband. Then she arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return from the country of Moab, for she heard in the country of Moab how that the Lord had visited his people in giving them bread. Wherefore, she went forth out of the place where she was, and her two daughters-in-law with her, and they came the way of, to return into the land of Judah. Now Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go return each to her mother's house, and the Lord deal kindly with you, as ye have dealt with the dead and with me. And the Lord grant you that you find rest, each of you in the house of her husband. Then she kissed them, and they lifted up their voice and wept. And they said unto her, Surely we will return unto thee, or with thee unto thy people." And Naomi said, Turn again, my daughters, why will you go with me? Are there any more sons in my womb that they may be your husbands? Turn again, my daughters, go your way, for I am too old to have a husband. If I should say I have hope, if I shall have a husband also tonight, and should bear sons, will you tarry with them till they were grown? Would you stay for them for having husbands? And nay, my daughters, for it grieveth me much for your sakes, that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. And they lift up their voice and wept again. And Orpha kissed her mother, but Ruth clave unto her. And she said, Behold, thy sister-in-law is gone back unto her people and unto her gods. Return thou after thy sister-in-law. And Ruth said, Entreat me not to leave thee, or return from following after thee. For whether thou goest, I will go. And whether thou lodgest, I will lodge. And thy people shall be my people, and the Lord my God. Wherefore thou diest, I will die, and there I will be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also if I ought but put but death part thee and me. And when she saw that she would steadfastly mind it to go with her, then she went and left speaking unto her. And if you have the habit of marking things in your Bible, as we do a character study of this historical person of Ruth, notice if you don't mind, she said quite a bit in verse 16. But let's go to the very end of verse 16 where she said, Thy God, my God. And with this, we're going to do a character study on Ruth with the idea of deciding to follow the Lord. Deciding to follow the Lord. If you don't mind, let's go to the Lord together and let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much again for you being a wonderful God. And as we come up to you now, we're just asking that you would open up your word in a special way. That we can learn more from you and more about you through your precious word. I'm asking that you would give us clarity, that you would give us understanding, and that this would be a help to folks out here today. As we continue just to look at you and knowing that following after you is the correct decision and that you would help some folks in here to purposely make the decision to follow after you. Again, be with me, fill me with your precious spirit, and we could trust you to do your own work accomplished. Get it done through your precious word. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, if you go out to any big city, if you go out to anywhere where there's people, without a doubt, without a not giving too much time, you'll often find someone who is homeless. You'll find someone who's begging bread. You'll look at some people who are down and out. And have you ever wondered how they got there? 
For example, could you imagine anybody inside of their life that when inside they're a teenager and they get a twinkle in their eye when you ask them, what do you want to do for your life? Can you imagine someone getting a twinkling in their eye, looking up and say, you know what? The goal of my life, the purpose of my life is to be a real life bum. That's the whole goal of my life. Is I want to be homeless. I want to be living in the street. That's what I want for my life. Well, if no one has ever in their life have said that was the goal of their life, may I ask the question, why do we have so many homeless people? Why do we have so many bums? How about this? Do you think some woman, maybe last night she came and saw her husband come home and as he stepped outside he was drunk and he was in a mood and she knew that it wasn't going to be good. And, and last night some lady who was beaten by her husband decided that was enough and that she left, took the kids and left. And now she has to go find some way to survive with her and her kids in a world that we have today. Do you think somewhere inside of a child's imagination that you went to a teenage girl and said, girl, young lady, what do you want for your life? Do you think she got a twinkle in her eye and looked up in a dream state and said, you know, the goal of my life is to be miserable. The goal of my life is to figure out some way to uh, survive in my life, to protect my kids, and to go at it alone. Do you think that was a goal of any girl's life? Well, if that was never the goal of any girl's life, why do we have so many ladies who are miserable living in a state where they are trying to survive the best they can? Well, if nobody set out to be a bum and no one set out to be miserable, where did they come from? How did they get to that state? Well, if you don't mind, I believe that the passage of Ruth chapter 1 gives us an idea, gives us a clue about what had happened. Now, this book happens, the setting of it is found within the book of Judges, a horrible time that could be summed up in this statement here, that everyone did what was right in their own eyes. They didn't find the Bible to find what was right. They just determined what was right in their own eyes. And they did it. In the book of Ruth chapter number 1. Gives a clear illustration of a family who's living in the midst of the period of judges that have followed this. Instead of following the Bible, they've decided to follow what was right in within their own eyes. And they led themselves to a disaster. Let's pick it up as we're introduced to this family in the book of Ruth chapter number 1. And notice with me in verse number 1. Now it came to pass in the days when the judges ruled that there was a famine in the land. And a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. And the name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife was Naomi, and the name of his two sons, Malon and Kilian. Ephrites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they came into the country of Moab, and continued there. So here we're introduced to a man and his family. We have the father, Elimelech. We have his wife, Naomi. And we have their two sons, Malon and Kilian. And there came a time where there was a famine inside of the land of Bethlehem, Judah. Now, Malon, uh, Elimelech said, you know... I need to figure out what I'm going to do. I need to take care of my family. This is what I need to do. And so what I'm going to do is we're going to move somewhere else where we think is going to be better for us. Now, let me tell you that Elimelech would have been a lot better if he had opened up his Bible and got his word and direction from God's word because he could have read from the book of Deuteronomy where God had specifically said they were not to go to the country of Moab. However, instead of opening the Bible, he opened up his wallet, opened up to page number 20, 
and decided that what was best for him was to ignore God's word and that he was going to determine what was best. And because there was a famine in the land, that he was going to go to Moab and there he was going to dwell. And so he went, Elimelech, his wife Naomi, and his two sons, Malon and Kilian, and so they went into the country. But notice what happened as they continued there in verse number three. And Elimelech, Naomi's husband, died. And she was left and her two sons. So here's Elimelech who leads his family into a land that they shouldn't have gone to just for the purpose of his wallet, just for the purpose of money. And so they went into the country and during the time he dies. Now Naomi's left with her two sons. But there's a little hope for her that some sun comes up up inside of her life. It's not all dark, but notice with me in verse 4. And they, the two sons, Malon and Kilian, took them of wives of the women of Moab. The name of one was Orpha, and the name of other was Ruth. And they dwelt there about 10 years. So here is Naomi, who's here with her two sons, and rays of sunshine hits as her two sons get married to two good girls within the country of Moab. And so she says, look, things aren't going to be so bad. Maybe they'll work out. And unfortunately, they did not. Notice with me in verse number five. And Malon and Kilian died also, both of them. And the woman was left with her two sons, or left of her two sons and her husband. So here is Naomi here, whose husband died. And then her sons get married, and then her sons die. And now she's left her and her two sons, our daughters-in-law. Now what are we going to do? How are we going to survive? How are we going to move on? Notice with me, if you don't mind, in verse number 6. Then she, Naomi, arose with her daughters-in-law that she might return to the country of Moab, for she heard in the country of Moab how the Lord had visited his people in giving them bread. Well, the famine's over, so it must be God's will for us to go back to God's place. And so she decided she's going to pack up and that they're going to head back to the land where she shouldn't have left in the first place. And here we have a story of three ladies, Naomi and her two daughters-in-law, Orpha and Ruth. And now that they're standing on the border, and you could put in your pictures uh, in your mind's eye, that they're standing on the crossroad between two nations. On this side, Bethlehem, Judah. And this side, you go back to Moab. On this side is is a place where God's people are at, and this place is where the people who are against God are at. But it goes beyond that. And this land right here, you have two daughters-in-law who have no future, who have no hope, who have no guarantee of what's going on. Back home, they have their families to go to. They have their people. They have their culture, and they have their gods. To go back would be more of a comfort. And you have three ladies here who are now the crossroad of decision. And two of these ladies are going to make the most important decision of all of their life. Do we go to Bethlehem, Judah, where there's no promise of anything? We have to walk by faith. Or do we go back to Moab, our own families, where there is no hope, but they do not have their God? And so what do we do? Bethlehem, Judah, Moab, what happens? Well, notice as these three ladies get together, and they're at the crossroads. And notice what occurs at the crossroads. Verse number seven, and she went forth out of the place where she was, her and her two daughters-in-law with her, and they went on the way to return to the land of Judah. And Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, go return each to her mother's house. The Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and deal with me. And the Lord grant you that you might find rest each of you in the house of her husband. Then she arose up and kissed and they lifted up their voice 
and wept. So here are the three ladies, and like ladies do, by the way, it's not a bad thing, but as ladies do, as they say goodbye, as they hug each other, they kiss each other, and they begin to weep, and they begin to cry, and they have an emotional moment as they spin together. And by the way, there's nothing wrong with it. It is just something that ladies do. And so they said, all right, mom, we're going to miss you, and they hug, and they they kiss, and they weep with each other, and, and Naomi makes a speech, and they hug and kiss some more, and by the way, if this was a story of three guys at the crossroads, they'd just shake hands and that'd be all of it and we wouldn't have a book of Ruth. But as these three ladies here are, are having a moment here, Naomi tells them to go back and they are supposed to go visit their parents back and go stay. Don't go with me. Oh, don't go with me. We see that all three ladies are hugging and kissing each other and all three of them are saying, sure, we're, we're not opposed to going. But Naomi continues to go on. And we have the story of two ladies here at the crossroad of decision, not knowing what's going to happen to them. But we see that both of them have an important decision to make. Are they going to go back to a land where there is no promise of success. There's no promise. There's no guarantee. We don't know what's ahead. You're going to have to step by faith and hope that it works out. Or do you go back to your homeland where there's security, where your families are at, where you might have your own people, your own culture, you can be better taken care of. And what we have at the crossroad are two ladies here who have to decide what is going to happen with their life. Well, the first lady we come to is a lady by the name of Orpha. The name of Orpha. Now, well, the thing of Orpha is that her name means double-minded. And the problem with Orpha here is that she doesn't make a decision to follow after the Lord. Neither does she make a decision that she's going to hate God. The problem with Orpha is that she makes no decision at all. Here she is at the crossroad of her life trying to figure out what she's going to do and she makes no decision. It's almost like taking a little child, a little girl perhaps, and taking them to a convenience store and say, go ahead and pick out the candy that you want. And as they look upon the shelves and they start looking at all the things going on, M&M's or Skittles, M&M's or Skittles, Nestle Crunch or Three Musketeers, I just can't decide. Well, I can look at... M&M's, maybe they have running in their mind. They melt in your mouth and not in your hand. That's good to go trek, uh, in a trip when we're in the car with dad. Or perhaps Skittles, it's kind of like fruit juice in there. It's almost like health food, maybe that. Oh, maybe Three Musketeers, it's kind of lightweight, less calories. Maybe that's good for me. Oh, Nestle's Crunch, the uh, official uh, candy bar of the NBA. I could go ahead. I don't know which one to decide. And so they look and they look and they look until dad comes back. And as dad comes there, Inevitably, the stopwatch comes out. I'm going to give a countdown. Ten, nine, eight. You can see them begin to tremble. What do I do? What do I do? Seven, six, five. And now you can see that they're starting to squirm. The decision time's starting to come. <laughs> Five, four, beads of sweat now start coming up. Now they're trying, they're in a mess now. What do I do? M&Ms or Skittles, Nestle Crunch, Three Musketeers. What do I do? Three, two, one. And by the time one hits, one of two things are going to happen. Either that little child as they're looking is going to make a decision or someone is going to make the decision for them. And so here's Orpha here which means double-minded. And the thing that she has here is that she doesn't make any decision. Notice with me as we pick it up 
in verse number 13. As Naomi gives this big long speech. And she says, will you tarry for them? Will you stay? I'm not going to be able to give you a husband. Uh, just please go back. And notice with me in verse 14. And they lift up their voice and wept again. Of course they did. And Orpha kissed her mother-in-law. But Ruth claimed to her. So here's Orpha. Orpha doesn't say at the crossroads of life, listen, I've been tired of your family. I'm tired of your God. I'm tired of everything that you have. I just don't want to have it no more. And just leaves in a huff. No, we see a lady here didn't make any decision. So someone made the decision for her. And she walks away. By the way, that is the problem that most people seem to have. Is that they don't make a right decision. And they don't make a wrong decision. They let someone Make the decision for them. Maybe perhaps we could imagine in our mind a young man. And he's not a bad kid. He's not in trouble. He's a good kid. Maybe even graduates from a Christian school. And when it comes time what of my life, what am I going to do? I don't know what I'm going to do for my life. And so by default, he gets a job. That's fine. He gets a job. And then it comes to the place where his friends at work say, you know, we appreciate you being here. Hey, we're going to go over to the bar over here. And we know that you don't drink. We're just going to go watch the game. You don't have to have it. You could have a Coke. It's going to be fine. Why don't you just come and hang out with us? And so he shrugs his shoulders and says, sure. And he follows after them. And next thing you know, he drinks a... Uh, Coke has a burger, the bar doesn't collapse, no one dies, lightning doesn't hit. It wasn't that bad, no one died. And so his friends say, come on and join us again, and he goes again. Well, soon enough, there's a birthday. And, well, you can't celebrate with a, a Coke, you need to celebrate right. What's wrong with just one drink? Well, let me tell you what's wrong with just one drink. Every drunkard began with just one drink. And so here's a young man who says, well, there was nothing wrong before. What's wrong with one drink? And so he has a drink. And then he has another. And now it comes that every time he goes out to the bar with his friends, he has a drink. And the next thing you know, he starts drinking at home. And next thing you know, he ruins his life around, loses his job, loses everything because of liquor and because of a drink. Where did it come from? It wasn't that he decided that one day he was going to be a drunk. It wasn't one day that he decided that he was going to uh, just ruin his life and lose everything he had. The problem with him is that he just made no decision. And someone made the decision for him. Maybe you could take a young lady, just a beautiful young lady with tons of potential. But what happens is that she meets the local football star. And his feet, his hair is dragging the ground beside him. And he smiles at her and she smiles back. And she never decided that she was going to have a rough life. But he came and pressured and made the decision for her. And she just follow, followed along. And one day things didn't work out for that quarterback, for that star. And next thing you know, he begins to drink. And he begins to waste away his life and then he takes out his angers and his frustration on his wife and his kids until finally she could take it no more. Where did all this happen? Did she decide to make a bad decision? The problem is, is that she made no decision. And so that's what we have with the story of Orpha, the double-minded girl, is that the problem was that she was standing at the crossroads of decision and saying m ms or Skittles, Three Musketeers or Nestle's Crunch. I just can't decide. And so she waited there long enough until someone 
made the decision for her. You understand that whenever you don't make a decision to follow after the Lord, when you make no decision at all, you've already made the wrong decision. In order to follow after the Lord, you have to on purpose say, I'm going to follow after him. I'm going to on purpose follow what God has given me to do. Because if you do not, someone will make the decision for you. To make no decision is automatically the wrong decision. Well, we covered two women here. We have Orpha, but next to her is the other sister-in-law, and we have the sister-in-law, Ruth. Now remember, Naomi's standing on the crossroads, that you have Bethlehem Judah on one side, and you have Moab back to the other side. On this side is uncertainty. You have no clue what's going on, but the God of Judah, the God of the Hebrew people, is over there. On this side, they could go back and they have comfort. They could go back to their families, go back to their cultures, and go back to their false God. And they have to make a decision, which one are you going to make? They're at the crossroads of decision in their life. You have Orpha who decided, I don't know what to do. I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know. And so Naomi made the decision for her. Go back. Go back to your land. Go back to your people. You go back. And Orpha, not hating her mother-in-law, not cursing her, said, fine, that's a good thing to do. They hug, they kiss. She didn't punch Naomi in the face. She didn't say, I'm tired of you. She didn't go back and bow herself at the first false god she saw. She just made no decision until someone made the decision for her. By the way, Naomi wasn't the one to give spiritual advice. Naomi's name means bitterness. And that's because all the way through here, you could see her put her hand on her forehead and say, Oh, God has been so bad to me. Oh, things are so horrible. And so when it came time to have Orpha make a decision, she got her advice from someone who was not right from God. And she followed, someone, had someone make the decision for her. But then you come to the other girl, Ruth. As they're hugging and crossing shoulders, verse number 15. And she, Naomi, said, Behold, thy sister-in-law has gone back unto her people, notice this, and unto her gods. Return thou after thy sister. So here's Ruth as Orpha begins to mock away. Ruth is just standing there, just waiting. Naomi looks at her and says, what are you doing here? Your sister-in-law went back to her people. She went back to her gods. Go back home where you're comfortable. And notice Ruth's expression. Now, by the way, inside of the Bible, there are different people that have different expressions marked to them. You have Esther for such a time as this. You have other people that have things that are attributed to them. You have <laughs> you have excuse me, Joshua, who said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And then you have Ruth here. As she looks at her mother-in-law, notice what she made and decided. And Ruth said, entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. For whether thou goest, I will go. And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people and thy God, my God. Where thou diest, I will die, and I will be buried. And the Lord do so to me. And more also, if, if aught but death part me and thee. And so here we have a story of a young lady who decided she was going to follow after God. No matter what people said, no matter what people tried to go 
uh, to make her decide. She said, I've made a decision. I'm going to follow after God. And there is no turning back. I'm going to go. I made a purpose. Uh, you can talk to me all you want. But I'm going to go to where your God is at. I'm going to go to where your people is at. I'm going to lodge there. I'm going to stay there. I've made my decision. You can't talk me out of it. And praise the Lord when someone makes a decision. Now, as we go on, we can see that Ruth and Naomi finally make their way back to, um, to <coughs> uh, excuse me, uh, to, to Bethlehem. And as they get there, Naomi makes a big deal that she's back and people come and greet her. Don't call me Naomi no more. Call me Mara because I'm bitter and it's so horrible that God has dealt with me. But we could see that Ruth has decided she was going to follow after the Lord. And notice with me in verse number three. Now, uh, Ruth chapter number two and verse, notice with me in verse number three. And she, Ruth, went and came and gleaned in the field after the reapers. And notice this, and her hap, that her hap carries the idea. It just so happened that she started working in the field of the most eligible bachelor in all of Bethlehem. It just so happened. It's almost like God had a coincidence. It's almost like God had arranged to bless her for her decision. And so it was just her hap that she started working in the field of the most eligible bachelor. And it just so happened that the most eligible bachelor rode up and happened to see her. And it just so happened that he said, hey, who's this lady? And started asking questions. You would almost start to think that God would bless someone for making a decision to follow after God. And it just so happened not only was he the most eligible bachelor... But he also was a near relative, which was a requirement for this marriage to go off. And so they got married. He saw her. His heart started pounding. He said, wilt thou? And she wilted. And they got married. And it just so happens, as time went on, goes on, that the story continues. Notice with me in Ruth chapter number 4. Ruth chapter number 4. And notice as we pick it up in Ruth chapter number 4. As we could see that they're having, um, uh, in verse number 17, Ruth chapter 4, eh, in verse number 17, And the women her neighbor gave it a name, saying, This is a sort son born to Naomi, and they called his name Obed, because he is the father of Jesse, the father of David. And so here is uh, Naomi, grandmother Naomi now, that Ruth has a baby. And they placed the baby in Naomi's arms. And they said, guess what? Here's a little child. What are you going to name him? We're going to name him Obed. Well, Obed one day grows up and his heart starts pounding. And he says, wilt thou? And she wilts. And she announces this, what we're going to have in nine months. And they have a baby. And they have a baby boy by the name of Jesse. And that's a good name. Jesse means manly, and so they have a little man-child. And one day Jesse grows up, and his heart starts pounding. He says, wilt thou? And she wilts. And she announces, guess what we're going to have in nine months? And they have a baby boy. And then they have another boy, and another one, and another one. It goes on until finally, baby number eight is born. And I happen to think that that Ruth is still alive at this time and they place the baby boy and Ruth's been cracking the whip said when are you going to get me a granddaughter when are you going to get me a granddaughter and so they present the little baby in front of her and it's a boy sure enough once again a good handsome young man by the name of David 
And one day David grows up and his heart starts to pounding. And by the way, your heart would start pounding too if you were standing next to a nine foot giant who wanted to take off your head. And God allowed David to slay that giant. And David became a king. And became the greatest human king in the world. Now if you could go back and go back to the crossroads of decision. That Bethlehem, Judah on this side. Moab this side. On this side by faith and uncertainty. You just have to walk and trust the Lord. And over here is comfort. You go back to your family. You go back to your gods. And if you went to the crossroads of two decisions between two ladies. And you came to them and somehow was able to say I'm from the future. And here's a, video, here's a picture of a king. And let me tell you. One of you if you make a choice to follow after God. You are going to be part of the lineage of the greatest human king king that ever lived. Well, if you told them about that, guess what would happen? They would fight like alley cats to try to be the first one to get back to Jerusalem or to Bethlehem. But let me tell you, life does not have those video screens. It does not tell us what's going to happen. We're going to have to step out by faith and make a purposeful decision to follow after God. Because we don't know what's going to happen, but we know that God is still good and that God is still right. But the problem is, is that you had a woman here who made a decision to follow after God. And the other one didn't make a wrong decision. She didn't make the right decision. She didn't make any decision. Well, as time goes on, turn with me, if you don't mind, to the book of Matthew, chapter number 1. Matthew, chapter number 1. Of course, time goes on, as it always does. And as we come to Matthew chapter 1, the very first book in the very first chapter inside of the New Testament, we can see that God has listed here the genealogy, the lineage of Jesus Christ. And if you don't mind, in Matthew chapter number 1 and verse number 5, notice with me as it says, Matthew chapter 1 and verse 5, And Solomon begat Boaz of Rahab, of Rahab, we talked about that on last time we met, and Boaz beget Obed of Ruth. Now, could you imagine going at the crossroads of decision? You have two young ladies here who are trying to decide what they're going to do. You have Bethlehem, Judah on one side. You have Moab. You have stepping by faith on this side and a land of comfort and a land of familiarity on one side. And if you went up to these two young ladies and said, not only is your great-grandson going to be the greatest human king who ever lived, because of your decision, God is going to honor your faith. And then one day, we're going to have something called the New Testament. And one day, 3,000 years ahead of time, people are going to, in a uh, place that you've never heard of called America, in an institution you've never heard of called a local church, 3,000 years from now, people are going to read about your faith. Now again, could you imagine if you were to let those two young ladies know that this is the future that they had, that the decision that they're making here is going to be the most important decision of their life and that they needed to decide something fast. Once again, you would have a story of two ladies here who would probably do everything they could to be the first one to arrive at Bethlehem. But again, life does not give us video screens. It does not tell us what's going on. We have to step by faith and make a purposeful decision. You understand your decision to follow after the Lord will have long lasting ramifications whether you believe it or not. And your decision not to decide anything will have long lifting and as we go through the scripture you'll notice that you'll never find Orpha mentioned ever again. 
Just like people who don't make decisions will often fade into obscurity of life and history. Because they didn't do anything. They just let people make decisions for them. But here is a young lady who made a step of faith. And she decided that she was going to follow after God. Not knowing how it was going to work out. And that she happened to be the great grandmother of the greatest king who ever lived. And beyond that because of her faith we're reading about her inside of the scriptures 3,000 years after she was born. She could not process that information if you were told her. She, if you would have told her all of that she goes what are you smoking? What kind, whatever you're taking it's a little bit too strong. There's no way she would have believed it. But here it is we're reading about her now. But you know what? The lineage continues to go on. Notice with me in verse number 5. And Solomon beget Boaz of Rechab, and Boaz beget Obed of Ruth, and Obed beget Jason. By the way, beget is a good program. It's God's program. It's where some young man has his heart starts pounding, and he says, wilt thou? And she wilts, and they have a child. That begetting business is a good beget business. And we can see all the begats here as they get in process of this. And so Solomon beget Boaz, and Boaz of Rechab, and Boaz beget Obed of Ruth and Obed beget Jesse. Jesse beget David with the king. And David the king beget Solomon of her that had been the wife of Urias. And Solomon beget Rehoboam. Rehoboam beget Eberah. Abiah beget Asa. Asa beget Josaphat. Josaphat beget Jehoram. Jehoram beget Ozas. Ozias beget Jehotham. Jehotham beget Achaz. Achaz beget uh, Hezekiah. Hezekiah beget Manasseh. Manasseh beget Ammon. Ammon beget Josias. Josias beget Jehonas and his brother. And about the time they were carried about of Babylon. And they were brought into Babylon. And Jehonas beget Selethiel. Selethiel beget Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel beget Abed. Abed beget Achim. Elkam began Azor. Azor began Zadok. Zadok began Achim. Achim began Iliad. Iliad began Eleazar. Eleazar began Methan. Methan began Jacob. And one day Jacob found a young lady and he said, Wilt thou? And she wilted. And they had a baby boy by the name of Joseph. And one day Joseph had his heart pounding and he said, Wilt thou? And before they could get married, God intervened. And the young girl by the name of Mary was found with child of the Holy Ghost. And they had a little baby by the name of Jesus. And if you were to somehow count this down and count how many different greats. And you go back to Ruth and Orpah at this valley of decision. You had over here Bethlehem Judah. And over here you had Moab. And on this side it was step by faith and uncertainty. And you don't know what's going on. And over here you would have comfort. And you would have your family. Your culture. Your familiarity you could go to. And you have the crossroads of your life. And let me tell you the crossroads that you have is the most important decision you're ever going to make. And if you decide to go this side. One of you is going to be the great grandmother of the greatest human king that ever lived. That if you went and chose this side, that one of you would be mentioned in scripture even 3,000 years from this point in a foreign land where you don't know of, an institution you don't know about. And more than that, you would be the great, 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 and you count how many greats, grandmother, descendant, lineage of the Messiah, the one who came on this earth to die on our cross for our sins, for your sins and for mine, and to die on the cross and rise again the third day to live forevermore. And again, if you were to tell these two young ladies that this was the decision they were to make, they wouldn't believe you. But if they somehow would, you understand this is an important decision. This is a crossroad here. And what we have here is a story of two ladies are the crossroad of their life, not realizing how important this decision, this one decision they're ever going to make. Are you going to follow after God? You have every, 
excuse to go back and go not follow God. And what you have is two ladies here. One made a decision to follow God. And the other one made no decision. And to make no decision is already the wrong decision. Because someone made the decision for her. Again, this is your opportunity. You do not know what the decision that you're going to make right now, how it would impact the world and what's going to happen. But let me tell you, to make no decision is the wrong decision. What is the decision? The decision to on purpose follow the God. To your decision on purpose to say where you go, I'll go. Your God will be my God. I'm following after him no matter what. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. And that we don't have the video screens. We don't have the future tellers. We can't tell you what's going to happen. But what we can tell you is that this is the most important decision you'll ever make. And the decision is to follow after him or not to follow after him. Unfortunately, there's so many people that go M&Ms and Skittles. Three Musketeers, Nestle Crunch. I just can't decide. I don't know what to do. And they'll continue with that until finally someone makes the decision Thank you for listening to this audio message. This is Pastor Scotty Bockhaus, and I encourage you to take this information that you just received and make a specific decision to follow after the Lord. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, let me beg you to take the time to receive Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. If you are saved, I encourage you to make a decision in your life to help you get closer with the Lord. If there's anything specific we can do to be a blessing or to pray for you, we encourage you. Look us up on the internet at riverviewbc.com. Once again, that's riverviewbc.com. Or if you would prefer to call us, you can give us a call at area code 920 Five three zero six three zero eight. Once again, that number is nine two zero five three zero six three zero eight. If there's anything we can do to be a blessing or an encouragement to you, please let us know. We would love to make ourselves available. Thank you.